Welcome in, welcome in to episode 47 of the Breathing Orange Fire podcast. It's Andrew and Gabe. Um, Gabe, today, uh, since we had, uh, we're going to do our, our part two of our Hall of Fame episode from two weeks ago. We had to kind of uh, change course last week with the Josh Hader signing, um, so that was good. But um, if you recall, Gabe, part two of our Hall of Fame episode was going to be specifically about uh, currently active Astros players or Astros adjacent players, if you will, guys who had a big chunk of their careers with the Astros um, and get into what they need to do to have, you know, what uh, the most realistic Hall of Fame kind of chance that they might have, you know, the, 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 for each individual player. So um, that's going to range from from one guy I have in mind that I think is already a lock to um, to guys who are just kind of kicking off their career and uh, have a lot of work to do. So um, have you prepared at all for this game? I do. I'm going to be the gatekeeper of the Hall of Fame. I'm going to tell you what it takes to be the average Hall of Famer at that position. And by the way, I would like to say, I think there's actually two locks already. And one of them is not Jose Altuve, as we talked about. Hmm. Two locks. Okay. Oh, I know where you're going with that. Okay. Um, all right. Well, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just go around the diamond? Yeah, I think that's I think that's good. We'll start at catcher. And why don't you go ahead and kick us off with uh, who you want to talk about with any Astros-related stuff at that position? Sort of tell us where they're at. Give us their age, their sort of counting stats, their sort of Hall of Fame type stats, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, so since we're starting with catcher, obviously we're getting our first Hall of Fame lock, which is Martin Maldonado. That was not the the guy I want to spend any time on. Oh, okay. Andrew, hold on. Can I jump in here before you get started? I'm, I'm sorry about this. This is from uh, this is a really good article from three years ago talking about Jacob Degrom as a Hall of Famer. Okay, um, as of uh, the end of twenty twenty one, there were ten thousand people who had pitched a major league baseball game, mm-hmm. and there were nineteen thousand nine hundred sixty three people who had ever played in a baseball game. Okay, so just under twenty thousand. That that number is probably closer to eleven thousand now, and probably closer to twenty one or twenty two thousand. Okay, mm-hmm. as we sit. So, you know, pitchers and position players are about even. That makes sense. 13 position players on roster now, 13 um, th- thirteen other players. Now, it used to be slanted more toward, you know, players that played the field versus pitchers. But then you've also got to realize with injuries, the pitchers are up and down a whole lot more. So it makes sense that it's about 50-50 there, right? So, you know, just for a little bit of perspective, Andrew, do you know how many Hall of Famers there are? I don't. Tell me. There are 68 starting pitchers, mm-hmm. eight relievers, and um, something like 100 and something other players. Okay. So you're looking at about 250 people in the Hall of Fame, maybe, and that might be a little bit more. Okay. When I say people, I mean people in there for players. I'm not talking about like Milo Hamilton or, or, uh, Jason Stark or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about it, you know, 
you wouldn't even be you wouldn't even open up the fourth deck if you got every single person to ever play in the major leagues. You wouldn't even have to open up the fourth deck at Minute Maid, right? They'd all sit in the first two hundred in the one hundred level and the two hundred level, right? Yeah. But if you isolated out just the Hall of Famers, they wouldn't even fill up the Diamond Club stuff. You know the the sweet seats behind home plate that you see Bagwell and Vigio and other rich guys talking on their cell phone. Yeah. You know, the Hall of Famers wouldn't even fill up that small elite section of the first two levels at Minute Maid Park. Like that's sort of like a visual thing. So when we talk about Hall of Famers and we say, hey, so-and-so is not a Hall of Famer, it's because it's really freaking hard and really unique to be a Hall of Famer. So the answer to all of these guys or almost all of these guys that we talk about is, is going to be no, right? But we're, we're talking about everyone that you could at least plausibly make a scenario where you could dream on you know, them, them getting in and tell you what they'd have to do. Make sense. If you squint really hard, you can see it, but um, that's right. We're going to kind of go over what would have to happen. And yes, I agree that our conclusions for the most part will likely be that it's doubtful. Right. (laughs) Right. Just because it's, because the odds against any player making the hall of fame is right off the bat is, um, you, you know, very unlikely, but, um, yeah, I, I, I do follow that. And I like that context, Gabe, that you've kind of set set us up with. So um, so let's start at catcher. And we are going to talk about Yainer Diaz. And this may sound absurd at first because we're talking about Hall of Fame and a guy who just finished his rookie season uh, as not even a full-time player. Didn't mean that as a trigger warning, Gabe, but... Um, <laughs> But he was not a full-time player. He played in 104 mm-hmm. games last year. So uh, a- after playing a handful in 2022. So currently, uh, Yainer is uh, at 278, 306, 532 career slugging percentage, Gabe. Off to a good start there. With a 126 OPS plus. For context, um, Buster Posey finished his career with a 129 OPS plus as a catcher. So um that's that that's the kind of uh uh level that Diaz is at after yes granted after one season um but but that's how that's how strong of an offensive season he did have uh in year 1 Gabe he is 25 years old yeah that's the number i really don't like uh, you know a lot of times catchers will play forever though um it's not a position that requires a I mean, when I say it's not a position that requires a ton of athleticism, I don't mean that as a slight. It's a very specific type of athleticism, right, Andrew? Sure. It's not yeah. like run fast. It's not like, you know, it's not a lot of things like that. You're not dependent um, on the what you might call a young man's skill set of speed and, and you know, uh, I'm thinking like short stops and center fielders, that kind of glove work, that kind of thing. Uh, which usually peaks pretty early relative to other skills, right? And and it's such a hard position to play that you can just be terrible with the bat and you can get held on. And, and you know, when you're terrible with the bat like that, it means that you get carried yeah. for a long time. Um, and, and you account some sort of count. You, you accrue some counting stats along the way. Okay. Sure. Um, and, and when you're so- good with the bat, like Diaz is, you pick up, maybe some DH at bats, right. Um, and, and to, to boost the offensive numbers a little bit. And obviously you can DH well into a career. 
first base and bats too, right? I mean, Joe Maurer just got in the Hall of Fame, and and he did half of his stuff, sort of half of his career at first base. Um, you know, so yeah, would it surprise me if if Yiner, you know, got some first base time and some DH time? Not at all, right? I, I mean, that's a bat you want in the lineup 140 times, even though he's a catcher, right? You catch him 110 and. Yeah, DH and uh, DH and first base him another thirty times, and and then give him sort of twenty days off because it does sort of wear and tear on you a whole heck of a lot. Um, you know those numbers compare pretty favorably, Andrew. Uh, the the sort of rate stats, right? Yeah, I mean oh, yeah. now now you just got to do it like twelve more times or thirteen <laughs> more times, right? I mean that's the hard part, and and almost yeah. no one can do that. And I think someone. I think someone said this. I thought it was really smart. Hall of Fame careers are made in their 30s, Andrew. There's so many guys that start out that are so good yeah. from sort of 22 or 23 to 30. And then, you know, the question is, can you keep compiling? Can you keep doing it? Is your bat Does your bat play well enough that you stay in the lineup, that you can pile up the hits and runs and stuff like that? Because your average is going to go down. You're You're – um, OPS is going to go down. Your, you know, WRC is going to go down. Your defensive stuff is going to go down. All that happens, yeah. And especially with the catcher, with the with you know their rate stats all get a whole heck of a lot worse, right? Sure. So you know, basically, Yanir Diaz, I think all he has to do to make the Hall of Fame as a catcher is just take his rate stats next year and do that over 140 games. Yeah. And then do that 10 or 11 more times. And he's in the Hall of Fame. No problem. That's, that's all he's got to do. Basically, he's just got to hit like Buster Posey for the next decade plus. So do you know that catcher is one of – it's tied with third base for the lowest number of Hall of Famers in the how many hall of, How many Hall of Fame catchers are there, Gabe? 17. 17. Do you want to know, know what the average of that position is? The average of the 17 Hall of Famers. So okay? the a- average in terms of career war and things like yep. that? Career yeah. war, war seven, Jaws, and, and war uh, for 162. I, I think for catcher, it's actually pretty low. Um, and I think I think part of that is that I, I think there's this idea that we're not very good yet at quantifying co- the, the value defensively mm-hmm. of, the, of the catcher position. Uh, and that that has has kind of um, makes some people think that that their values are depressed a little bit. But that said, I, I would say I, it's low relative to other uh, positions. I want to say the the jaws right, which we said is the average between yep. the seven year peak war and the total career war. I want to say the average for a catcher is something really low, like thirty five or something like that. No, it's not that bad. It's 56 war and 35 war seven. It's 35 war seven. Jaws of 45 or 46, okay? Okay, okay. So I I think let's just use the jaws, I think, as we go out and we talk about this, right? I I I mean, that's – so that's, like you said, the average of the war and the war seven. Um, Career war, 56, war seven, 35. So, so, you know, jaws of 45.9. What's Jainir Diaz's jaws right now? (laughs) It's the same as his war, right? It's the same as his war, which what for by by baseball reference uh was three point two last season. Three point two. Wow. 
Yeah. Playing as few games as he did. I mean, he, that is a really good season. That is in 355 at bats, Gabe. That's um um 104 games. So here's here's one. So 104 games. Can you do that by game and multiply it by 162 for me? Can I buy you want me to do war? By yeah, war for war 162. Game? Yep. Oh yeah. Uh his war per 162 is let's see uh, i think baseball reference does that for us that's four and a half four well, 4.6 okay you know what the average war per 162 of a catcher is for the 17 hall of famers i'd say 4. right 6. around right around that okay exactly 4.6 4. so <laughs> literally i mean he had when i said he's just got to do it again over a full number of games and then do it 10 or 12 more times Mm-hmm. It's almost exactly what he's got to do, right? You know, it's funny. He doesn't have to do it 10 or two more, 10 or 12 more times. What he's got to do is he's got to accumulate. So, he's got to do that seven or eight more times, Andrew, and he's got to accumulate some war in another right. five or six years, right? That's right. Like if he did it seven or eight times, uh, obviously he would make some all star games and, you know, and that sort of stuff in that in that period and then yeah like you said he'd need to stick around a few more years had those home run totals right if you could get to yep. 300 home runs that would be huge um that that's a lot um you know he did have a really good home run rate in his first uh first full season but uh yeah i mean that like you said earlier how you do in your third hall of famers are made in their thirties um, because, and, and you and I have, have disagreed a little bit about, about this, but, but, but that's why, again, that jaws metric is, is, is really good because it, it accounts for both longevity and peak. Right. And, and hall, there's no question that hall of fame voters uh, kind of hold you to a standard of longevity, I would say, right? Right. a lot of numbers, milestones, and that sort of stuff that you kind of have to hit. It's That's changing a little bit, but but it it still buoys your case quite a bit. I think in the next 20 or 30 years, it's going to change a ton, okay? I mean, I I think we're going almost – I think we're going away from the big counting numbers, and we're going to go a lot more to rate stats as long as – they sort of reach a minimum threshold of sure. enough games to be considered sort of representative on the career. I want to do one other thing when we do the keeper of the hall. Okay. Okay. I want to give you the, I, I want to personify what the average hall of famer is at that position. Okay. With, with a player. That with, basi- with a player. Basically. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. So who do we have for catcher? Bill Dickey or Mickey Cochrane. Okay. They're, they're right above it and right below the average of the hall of famers. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dickey. 127 OPS plus Cochran, 129 OPS plus. What did you say Yarnier's OPS plus is for his career? 120, well, 126, but it was 128 in his rookie year. So it's there you go. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's right on pace. As far as home runs go, you know, one of them at 200, another hit 120, you know, 1200 RBIs for one, 830 for another. This is just playing time, right? Dickey played more than Cochran. He played longer than Cochran, so you know his his uh, his numbers, his counting stats are a little bit different, right? But 
you know, you're you're talking about they they ended up with pretty similar jaws, right? I mean, their War Seven was almost yeah. exactly the same. Dickie had eight more War because he played another three or four years than Mickey Cochrane. Okay, yeah. so that's sort of like that is your average Hall of Famer. You know, don't let people be like, oh, he wasn't Johnny Bench. Well, Johnny, no one was Johnny Bench. You know, Gary Carter came in number two on this metric, and he wasn't Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench shit all over Gary Carter, right? Actually, it's a little closer than Gary maybe Carter, you might expect, right? Gary Carter was pretty so, good. It's a little closer than you might expect, right? <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, I, I think Johnny Bench might have stood above every other catcher more than anyone else in any other position, I guess. We can sort of talk about it more um, as we go along and we see if anyone else is just sort of a real outlier within that, but... But yeah. yeah, I mean, Yainer Diaz. I mean, all he's got to do is, like we said, just keep doing another, do another seven or eight times what he did, and then have another four or five years that are eh, okay as well. We put sure. the odds of Yainer Diaz being. The big problem is if he would have done this at twenty three, I would have said, you know what, that's actually not horrible chance of that happening. The fact that he did it at twenty five is a real problem. Yeah, the, the those two years would make a huge difference. I mean, the problem would be that we'd still be basing any projection on one season, right? Which yeah. wasn't even a, a full season. But um, yeah, I was going to ask if you wanted to try to put odds on this. If I had to put odds um, or, or maybe set an over under, what do you think? Uh, for Yainer to make the Hall of Fame, I'll put it at like 5%. Oh, that's being generous, and you know I, I love the honor. <laughs> I, I was thinking two or three percent. Yeah, I mean, oh, but you know what? That's that's probably that's probably off, man. Because if you look at you know being seventeen Hall of Famers, and you look at sort of the scope of baseball yeah. at catcher, that means there's probably two catchers in the Hall of Fame playing at any one point in time that are sort of in the middle of their careers, right? Sure. So that means Yainer has to be one of the two best catchers in the game in his generation, probably. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So you know, if there's 30 catchers, then you got you got to say his odds are like one in 15, which is you know six or seven percent. He got a little bit of a late start, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think five percent is probably a little bit better than my two percent initial blush. Now that I sort of like talk through the numbers a little bit. It, yeah. It's still very low. I mean, keep in mind that means 95% chance he's not, not right. right. That's right. That's exactly so, right. Uh, which, which you would, you know, which is overwhelmingly uh, in that favor. Okay. Uh, Gabe. I think we talked more about the Einer than we needed to, because we're just kind of setting the stage for how we're going to yeah, talk about these other guys. Right. That's right. So let's skip ahead to a guy that I think, has a better chance of um, getting into the Hall of Fame than Yainer Diaz. And we're going to skip first base and go over to second base, and that's Jose Altuve. Game. Hold on. Hold on. You, you saving the first base argument for later? Yes, we are. Okay. All right. I'm fine with that. <laughs> okay, good. But we're going to have a first base argument here because, you know, I got to stand for my boy Abreu. He was so good last year. We <laughs> We are. We're going to. We're gonna have that conversation, but uh, I feel like that's that's more like a, a, a end of the episode sort of discussion. But... I think I think that's I think that's smart, buddy. I think uh -huh. you got it. Good. Uh, we're not gonna spend too much time talking about the second baseman Jose Altuve, in part because I kind of laid out um, a lot of his numbers and what we think he needs to do to to become a you know a, a lock for the Hall of Fame in our. Uh, recent episodes, I think that our giving gifts episode, we discussed that some, 
uh, in some detail. I, I might have I might have gone a little overboard there, Gabe. But um, but here's the, the more here, I look at it, the more I look at it, the more I'm like, yeah. yeah, we were absolutely right. There's no way Jose Altuve is a Hall of Famer right now if his career ended. He's not. He's not. And people He's will tell not. you that he is, and we would maintain that he just is not. If he announced tomorrow that he's retiring from baseball, he would not get into the Hall of Fame, I don't think. Again, if he got in a plane wreck on his way down to Venezuela uh, doing humanitarian that. aid, then, then sure. Uh, yeah. But, like, yeah. absent something like that, no. It's All just right. not. So We'll tell you why here in a sec. Go ahead. Jose Altuve will be in his age 34 season in 2024, okay? Um, he currently sits at 49.3 career war. This is, a, again, we're giving baseball reference numbers here. As we've discussed, your fan graphs war might be a little bit different, but for most of these guys, they're they're pretty close. Uh, so around 50 war up to this point. Um, he's coming off a season, Gabe, in which he had 2.8 war, but recall that that was in a short season. He only played 90 games last year. So yep. that's about a, uh, not quite a five win pace, but a four and a half win pace, uh, something like that. He had a 151 OPS plus last year for his career. It is 129. So just still in that same ballpark where we just uh, talked about for, uh, for Yainer Diaz. Um, again, just the, the big counting numbers. He's, he, he passed 2000 hits last year, which is a big thing. Uh, he's at 2047 based on just kind of his offensive profile. I think he's going to be dependent on a high hit total for his, uh, for his candidacy. He also passed 200 home runs last year. He's at 209 entering the season. Um, uh, also passed a thousand runs. He's at a thousand sixty-two runs scored. Uh, those are all those are all big deals. Um, he hit three eleven uh, in his ninety games, bringing his uh, lifetime batting average, Gabe, if you care about that, up to three oh seven. Again, I think that matters more for him just based on the style of hitter. I think one of his big kind of credentials you could point to in the Hall of Fame kind of resume is his three batting titles that he won in 14, 16, and 17, right? Uh, and then this stuff matters for when we're talking about Hall of Fame, right? All-star game appearances, MVP voting. He is a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight-time All-Star. And Gabe, how many top five MVP finishes do you think Jose Altuve has? Four, close. He has three, including one. I was going to say three, and then I just <laughs> I jacked it up one just he because I it, love Jose Altuve. <laughs> I do too. He won it in twenty seventeen. He finished third in twenty sixteen, uh, and then fifth in twenty twenty two. Gabe, several silver sluggers. He's won a gold glove, so he's got he, he's got all the the awards, right? He's got the postseason accomplishments, et cetera, and so forth. So that's that's what he's done to date, Gabe. Um, tell me about the standards at second base. Sure. So, uh, you know, 60, there's a lot of Hall of Famers in, at second base. Uh, or not a lot. There's 20. There's more than a catcher, right? But but there's more of everything than catcher. It's yeah. a really high standard, Andrew. Uh, second base, very high standard. Looks like by war, it is the number one highest average in the infield really higher than first base higher than shortstop higher than third base that right? surprises me me too 69.6 war Oof. And your jaws, just to be clear again that is the average career the war average for hall, of the hall of fame second baseman that's right okay. got it that's right 
Uh, 44.5 on the war seven, 57.1 on the jaws, 5.1 per 162, right? What's Jose Altuve's 162 again? His war per 162? Yeah. With the Um, Yeah. 4.8? I mean, you're talking about he's already had the peak of his career, and he's beneath sort of the average. And now, don't get me wrong. I think Jose Altuve will get in. Okay, but he's got some work to do. Let me tell you, who do you think of when you think of the average Hall of Fame second baseman? Who do you think of? I think of Craig Biggio. You know, it's funny. He's close, uh, but Robbie Alomar is sort of a little bit ahead of him. And both Biggio and Alomar are below Hall of Fame average for second baseman. That's how tough the standard is. Ryan Sandberg is the one guy above him. Yeah, Sandberg's the one guy above him. Here's what you know Sandberg looks like. He's got you know 68 war, he's got a 57 jaws. You know, he's he had a really high war seven, you know, at 47. Oh, I he, mean, he's, he had you know, big he's years. Like, yeah. His yeah. prime, his best seven years, he's averaging seven win seasons, right? I mean, that's that's really freaking good, man. That's really high. Um, yeah. Just for reference, uh per baseball reference, how Altuve's had two seven-win seasons in 2016 and 2017. Big number. His OPS plus 114, uh, when he wasn't having big seasons, he was a little bit of a compiler at the end, right? Yeah, His batting average, 285 batting average, 282 home runs. You know, you say Sandberg and Biggio, you know, 282 home runs, 291 for Bidge, um, you know, 2,400 hits for Sandberg, 3,000 for Bidge. 114 OPS plus to 112 for Biggio. I mean, they're very, very similar in a lot of ways. Sandberg's just sort of monster years were a little bit better than – they were a full – you know, Biggio averaged six wins in his best seven seasons, and and Sandberg averaged seven in his best seven seasons. But both of them sort of better than Jose Altuve's best seven seasons right now, right? So, yeah, that's what's interesting. Uh, If you go down the list – we said two seven win seasons, 7.9 in 2016, yep. 7.7 in 2017. Uh, he, beyond that, he has, let's see, one, two, three season, three additional seasons over five wins. And and that's 5.1, 5.1, and 5.5. Yeah, I mean, so eight and seven is 15, and 15 is 30. I mean, if he had two more five win seasons the rest of his career, you'd have to say that's pretty good, right? He's at 40. That's less than Vizio's, you He's know, war seven. Yeah, he, he could still improve on that. Keep in mind, one of those five win seasons was in 2022, right? Yep. Um, so so here's why he's not going to improve. Here's the argument for why he's not going to improve on that yeah. number. He's not going to improve go look a at, lot, I'd say that. Go look, <laughs> no, not period. Go look at his defensive war and what's happened to that. I yeah, mean, he's now – he's already at the period of his time where he's got negative war. On defense, right? So yeah, that that doesn't get any better. That's you talked about uh, old man skill and stuff like that. That's that's not getting. It's not other getting, than there's a lot of noise in there. Right? There's a lot so, of noise. I could see him having some kind of neutral defensive war seasons, but yeah, it, it's not going to be a positive. Um, and he was never a big positive for him, but um, yeah, you know that, that that is true. That is a that is a that is a thing. Um. But 
again, I I, I think he's going to be that, that's kind of what I'm getting at in, in that he's he's going to rely on some of these other things beyond a seven a seven win peak or a seven year peak of of uh, wins above replacement. Um, because he doesn't, right, he doesn't have those high peaks. He's got two seasons that you would call kind of MVP caliber. I know he had a top five finish in 2022, and that was a very good season. But it, to your point, he didn't rate well defensively that year, and that brought his uh, his overall war down a bit. So, and, that, and that's sort of the point of what we're talking yeah. about, Andrew. And again, we both love Jose Altuve. I mean, I, I just keep need to keep saying that. He needs to compile. Because yeah. his rate stat, because his rate stats and his like sort of stuff like that, his peak are not slam dunk, no doubt Hall, Hall of Famer. I mean, he's he's sort of worse than the average guy right there, right? Yeah. I mean, he's yeah, yeah. he's he's on in line with like Dustin Pedroia. When you talk about like Dustin Pedroia is ahead of him him in the Jaws measurements, right? That's now right. Altuve, as you said, has a chance to improve that a little bit, but. He's not going to improve it much. So, you know, he's no one thinks of Dustin Pedroia as a Hall of Famer, right? Or Ian Kinsler. He's another guy that's above both of them. Jeff Kent is actually the closest guy yeah. to Altuve by Jaws, right? And he's, I, I think he will eventually get in the Hall of Fame, Andrew. Um, but, uh, not through the not through the front door, right? It'll be no, you know, it'll the be, baseball writers. It'll be a committee. Yeah. I've already said no. I, I think eventually he, he gets in, but, you know, Jeff Kent again had a little bit better peak than Altuve. And um, it, it's easy to forget that Altuve's first few seasons, while while good, he he was a different hitter, right, Gabe? Like and the less valuable by far a less yeah, valuable one. Yeah. Right? His he didn't walk nearly as much. So his on-base percentage, he had a lot, you might call his first season or two kind of empty. Uh, empty a batting average sort of driven season. So, uh, yep. you know, 2011, he only played about 60 games, but, you know, hit 276. That's, you know, that's fine for a rookie, but it's 297 on base and 357 slugging. So his actual, actual on base or OPS plus is, was well, well below a hundred, right? So that's Yainer, that's Yainer Diaz ask of comparing the batting average without the power on base percentage, right? <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. Without the power, but uh, even 2012, he's up to 290 and a 340 on base, which is which is solid, right? But still a 101 OPS plus because slugging was only 400. Uh, he just didn't hit, hit with a lot of power, um, you know, that for his first three seasons. It wasn't really – even 2014, he didn't hit with a lot of power, but he hit 341. So that's going to uh, go a long way. But it wasn't really until, you know, 2015, 2016 when he started putting up double-digit home run seasons – uh, and his approach is just—he's such a different hitter now, and has been. It's than... a better hitter, I, less fun in some ways. In some it ways, it was really yeah. fun watching him like take a stick and flip a right? bottle and flip a batting a bottle cap over the second baseman's head or something like that. Or yeah. you know, I mean, there was something like unique that was one of one about him, along with the five foot five stature and all that. But yeah. you know, now yeah. he's just. He's a better hitter. He does it in a more conventional way. Yeah. And that's first, good. That's good three, for Astros wins. It, it is. His first three seasons, his on-base percentage, 297, 340, 316. Since then, his lowest is 350. Right? Yeah. So, um, and, and he's had, he's been over 400. He's been over 380, 390 a few times. So, uh, he was a 393 this past season. So he that's, was drawing uh, like a 10% walk rate this year for much of the season. 
which makes me really excited. And uh, let's not overlook a 522 slugging percentage in 2023, Gabe. That's, yeah. I mean, a 151 OPS plus is um, the year he won the MVP was at 160. Okay. So that's the level he was at offensively last year in an abbreviated season. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think we are in agreement that he's, he's not there yet because he didn't have quite the, the peak years that, uh, you know, his, his peers at second base had, but um, he's in a good position. I think if you take his offensive production from the last couple of years and, you know, they really they've been two of his better offensive seasons in his career so you know I, I i don't expect that necessarily to continue but i i think it can be maybe a a, a decent indicator that he's not about to fall off a cliff offensively uh and he he needs to not do that he needs to like you said he needs to compile some more i think if he gets past you know i think in the pr- prior episode we said you know 2700 hits some somewhere in there um you know, if he can get up to around 250 home runs, that sort of stuff, 1500 runs, that, 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 those sorts of, I think numbers, um, if he hits that, you're looking at, uh, you know, uh, at least 10 or 15 more wins above replacement that puts him firmly in the sixties. Uh, I give given, you know, his awards, his postseason success, et cetera, and so forth. I think, I think that gets him in, but he's not there yet. I think, I think twenty five hundred gets him in. Yeah, I'm not saying he has to get to twenty seven hundred hits. No, no, or no. I, like that, but I agree. I mean, that's that's no doubt. I think twenty five hundred and two hundred and fifty home runs. Yeah. I think if I think with all he's done in the postseason with being the face of the franchise for the dynasty and you know five foot five and yeah, you know the the all the stuff that goes along with that. I, I mean. I don't know. I, I put it at an eighty percent chance, ninety percent chance he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's also started um, stealing a few more bases again the last couple of years, and he's about to go over three hundred. I, I know that that's not as meaningful, but I think it is one of those numbers that Hall of Fame voters like to look at as a career yeah, total. It's cool. So, um, uh, all right, I'm going to put the odds of Jose Altuve entering the Hall of Fame, Gabe, at. I'm going to stick with 75%. Yeah, you're uh, you're always looking for an anvil to drop on someone's head, whereas I am a ray of sunshine and positivity. 75%. Three and four <laughs> I chance. Know. I know, as opposed to my 80 to 90%. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's there's not no need to quibble over a couple yeah, percent, a- right? I mean, <laughs> we, we think that it's way more likely than not that he's in the Hall of Fame. And really, both of what we're saying for him not to be in the Hall of Fame is, is both of us are really talking injuries, right? Yeah, he would just have to basically stop producing at this point. Yep. I mean, if if he has a generally kind of normal aging curve over the next three or four seasons, I I think I think that he can be enough. average. He, he yeah. can be average for two more years and then bad for three. Well, or I mean, four think about and still Big- make the Hall of Fame, right? Look at look at our guy Biggio. I mean, yeah, he he was a big time compiler, right? Like that's yep. how he got to three thousand hits, and that's what punched his ticket ultimately. Um, you know, Which so- just to be, I, I do not sneer at compilers, Ram, because in order to be a compiler, you still have to show up every day, yeah. and you have to be better than the guy behind you. Sure. In the lineup, and you have to be good enough that you like 
well, except for maybe once you get to like 2,950 hits or something like that, then, then you're along for the ride at that point in time. Right. But, but to get there, I mean that you got to put in seasons that have some sort of value or yeah something, you know? So, yeah, I mean, look, Jose Altuve, and I think he'll do a lot better than this, but like two average and then three or four bad seasons after that, and he's easily in the hall of fame. Right. And, and that seems yeah. kind of silly to say, oh, he needs three or four bad seasons to make this happen, but it does. But he kind of does. He kind of I mean, does. He kind of does. Because again, he's going to get in with those those counting stats. All right, let's move on, Gabe, uh, to shortstop. And I think we have two guys we want to talk about here, right? Who do you want to? Yeah, start I with? mean, let's start on the guy, uh, kind of like Diaz, that you'd have to really dream on. Okay, so, uh, and that would be Jeremy Pena. Yeah. So so Pena is going to be. Uh, 26 this coming season, Gabe. He is. That's the that's yeah. the part that requires the most dreaming, really. Kind of like it's kind of like Yiner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a college guy, right? So he got a, a, a bit of a later start on his career. Um, it, it might sound absurd at first when we talk about Jeremy Pena in the Hall of Fame, but Gabe, 8.7 WAR through two seasons. That is you know, since you've been asking me about 162 game averages, he's at 4.9 per 162 which is games. The ex- which is the exact average of war per 162 for the 23 Hall of Fame shortstop. Hall of Fame shortstop. So, so like you said with Yana, yeah, he just needs to do it for about 15 more years. But um, uh, you, you, you know the story with Pena. He's got a high floor because of his defense. He has a lot of defensive value. Um, 6.3 uh offensive war so far for his career and 4.2 defensive war it's hard to (laughs) have that much defensive wins above replacement um uh in in a couple of years so gotta play um, shortstop in center field and do it at a high level right and do it at a high level yeah so so you know i i don't think we need to spend a ton of time talking about pena but but we're also going to talk about another guy at shortstop so go ahead and give us the standard for the hall of fame shortstop sure uh we already talked about 4.9 war per 162, um, yeah. but sort of more generally, 67.7 war mm. uh, for a career, 43.2 war for. So again, both those numbers lower than second base, and then 55.5 on Jaws. So Oof. you know, shortstop all to, all everywhere along the way is lower than second base. Yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, so if you were going to personify the shortstop at Hall of Fame. You can either pick Lou Boudreau, who's one ahead, or Pee Wee Reese, who's one behind. And the average Hall of Famer is sort of sandwiched in there. Okay, give me um, the uh, give me the um, the guy closest to the the middle who is more of a modern. Play. I, I mean, I think Pee Wee Reese played into the fifties, but uh, who, who's so, a okay? A, so more guy recent not, guy, yeah, a guy that's not way above. This kind of funny, Derek Jeter. People act like he's one of the all-time greats, but he's, oh, yeah. he's not. I mean, he's he's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. He's thirteenth among act uh, among all short stops. What's in, Jeter's in career more? Right around seventy. Um, probably a little bit better than that. J- Jeter with all the gold gloves for his career, negative nine point four defensive WAR. Seventy one point three for Jeter. Okay, and. Okay. You know, like Vigio, his war per seven, 42.4. So, you know, his average sort of best year was six war, just like Vigio. 
Yeah. Whereas, you know, Sandberg's was seven. I, th- that right. surprised me a little bit. I mean, Sandberg got a really high, whatever. And his yeah. jaws of 56.8. Okay. So that's sort of, you know, Derek Jeter's sort of the average shortstop Hall of Famer in the okay. modern game. So we're looking at, at <clears throat> career nearing 60 war and a jaws of around. No, nearing uh, 70 war. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, high 60s. Yeah. So nearing 70. Uh, and then a, a jaws of of nearing 60, right? I think you said. Yep. Yeah. 57, uh, 55 and a half. So. Yeah. Um, got it. So, um, so, so what, what, what I, I think for Jeremy Pena to have any kind of shot at all, he would need to kind of rediscover the power that he had in, in his rookie year when he hit 22 home runs. Right. Um, he would need to keep that up plus, um, sort of the, the, the approach improvements that we talked about a little bit in 2023, right. He did actually start to show some signs of swinging at fewer bad pitches, um, taking a few more walks, uh, had an okay. He had a 324 on base percentage last year. It just came at the expense of all his power. So he needs to figure out how to kind of, um, you know, keep that on base percentage in that range and get back to the slugging that he had as a rookie. So I'm impressed that you could say that with all a uh, straight face, Andrew, because really what he needs <laughs> to do is he's got to have the last two years. He had 12 more years, right? But he's 26 right now. And yeah. the problem is he plays a position at shortstop. That's not like, we talked about with Yainir where you, it's a specific kind of athleticism where you can play yeah. for a long time. Yeah. You get moved off shortstop at 33, 34, especially when defense is your carrying card. Right. He's gotten he's got no chance. He just started too late. If we're talking about 23 or 24-year-old, no. then maybe he, you know. I disagree, Gabe. I'm going to give him a 1% chance. Uh, the, yes, I agree. 1% chance. I, I said no <laughs> in the in the sort of whatever. But, you know, here's here's – you know, the other guy we're going to talk about, obviously, is, is Carlos Correa. Yeah. And, you know, he is – so this is what we talked about. His chance to get in the Hall of Fame, Andrew, is going to really rely upon whether or not we're right and it's going to become more of a rate stat versus a counting stat thing, right? Because rate stats, he, he's pretty good. 6.5 war for, for 162, right? 40.9 war. 39.4 uh jaws how old is he he's like 20 he's 29 he's young 29 he's still, still going to be 20s. entering his 29 year old season in 2024 and his uh, birthday's late right his birthday's in like september. august or september yeah. so i mean he, well but this is what we were talking about right like and, and this kind of illustrates how big of a difference it makes when you start because you got these guys coming out of yep. college or they get these yep. late starts when they're 24 25 lance berkman right uh went to rice I don't think debuted with the Astros till he's 23 or 24, maybe. And, you know, those those two or three years make a huge not that everybody's ready to produce at a major league level in their early 20s. But Correa came up when he was 19, I think. Right. Um, uh, or was he 20? I don't I don't I think he was exactly, 20, but, but um, he probably could have come up at 19. I mean, except yeah, for he got injured. Kept I mean, getting hurt. Uh, yeah, you're right. He was tw- he was 20 when he came up in 2015. So, um, uh, you know. He at first when we when we first started talking about this exercise and I thought about Correa, I thought, oh well, he would have been on track had he not had all those injuries, you know, in 2017. But, but he's on track, you know. But then I, mean, I looked, yeah, he's at 41 baseball reference war uh through his age, you know, 28 season. That's 
That's not bad, Gabe. That's, Andrew, that's he's got uh, he's he's only twenty. He's only finished his age twenty eight season. He's already put up well more than half of a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, yeah. I I, I mean I think he's I think he's literally twenty five or thirty WAR away from being a a, a gimme, right? And you know at at four or five WAR, which is sort of his worst thing when he sort of plays a reasonable amount of time. That's only you know six years, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Like if if he's good until he's thirty five, he's in. You know what's interesting? Uh, we talked about Altuve only having two seasons above seven. Where he's actually only had two seasons above six. Like he didn't even have any in yep, the six. That's right. Uh, Correa has three over six point seven. He's got a seven yep. win season, a six six point seven win season that was in one hundred and nine games in twenty seventeen. I, I think I've said this. I think he was the front runner for the MVP that year until he got hurt, uh, and then Altuve won it. And then he had a seven point two win season, Gabe, in twenty twenty one. His last with the Astros. Um, yeah, I, again, I would I would point to him as another guy with a high floor in terms of value, just because he still grades out well defensively. We just talked about that's not going to last forever, but I think you know he still probably got a couple more years of of adding. And he's a big dude, right? Value. Yeah, he's a big dude. So at some point in time, you can imagine him at the end of his career playing first base or DH. I still think he's got forty home run season in him, Andrew. I think at some point in time. That's he gets it... <laughs> older, he starts cheating, and he starts pulling the ball, right? I mean, like, yes, good hitters hit the ball out to right center field, but it's a lot easier to yank it down the line, Alex Bregman, um, to hit home runs that way, right? And if he ever sort of focused on pulling the ball as his other skills diminished, I think he could hit 40 home runs It's going to play be... first base. It's funny you say that. I, I feel like we've all sort of – doesn't it feel like he has a monster – kind of season in him and even in those seven win seasons that we were just talking about it it's with the exception of 2017 which was cut short it just never felt like he was having one of those huge years which is kind of testament to the fact that he just sort of does everything well in a way that he's going to accumulate I think very positive war totals um he'll get on base right like he he'll he'll slug some uh, he'll play good defense, and if you do all of those things, you're gonna you're gonna have a a high win above replacement number. But yeah, to your point, it feels like, and it's felt this way his whole career. Like you're just kind of waiting for that kind of monster, you know, MVP type season where he hits 40 homers, uh, you know, playing a good shortstop, uh, you know, with a with a 400 ish on base percentage, something like that. It's gonna be interesting because he had a really weird outlier bad season in 2023 i don't i don't know exactly what happened i know that he he had some bad luck he underperformed some of his expected metrics a bit but uh you know 312 on base and 399 slug last year is 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 pretty bad well, for him um i think he had plantar fasciitis which people have said that that is just incredibly painful sure sure um but you know what he had a weird bad season in 2018 again cut short by injury uh if if you recall it was 2017 2018 2019 when he kind of got that reputation for being always injured because he missed something like 40 percent of the games between those three seasons but had a 99 ops plus in 110 games in 2018 so kind of similar to what he did last year so it's not he's a weird guy man he you know his his 
his seasons have kind of been all over the place with, <laughs> with, with a high OPS plus of 155 in 2017 and a low of 94 this past year. To, to your point, I I mean, he's got 6.5 war per 162. There's yeah. only like three Hall of Fame shortstops with a bigger number than that. Yeah. I, I but, mean, if, if he, like, and we said, hey, he's well over halfway to a Hall of Fame career after his 28th season. If he wouldn't have got hurt, we'd have him like Altuve in the damn near walk category, right? But I, I think I'm going to give it, I'm going to put it right on the middle of the seesaw, man. 50 50. What do you think? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think he's a, I think he's a coin flip at this stage. Um, that it was it's just, it's just, we, we think it's probably whether or not he stays healthy or not, right? I mean, he's got to be healthier. Altuve just has to have a modicum of health, right? Correa's actually got to have, you know, four or five or six fairly healthy years, right? Because he's he's younger than Altuve. He's got to get to age 34 with, you know, four of his next five seasons being relatively healthy, right? And then yeah. he'll be in the situation Altuve's in where he just needs to sort of limp it across the finish line. That's right. I would agree with that. Yep. All right, Gabe. Let's move to third base. Your guy. My guy. Alex Bregman tied with catcher for the least amount of yeah. There's not a lot of third basemen in the hall, right? So seventeen Hall of Famers at third base, almost as good as catcher. I mean, for some reason they got it, or I mean, I'm sorry, almost as good as second base. Sixty nine point six at second base, sixty nine point four at third base. Okay, forty four point five on the per seven on the WAR seven, forty three point three. You know, fifty-seven point one to fifty-six point three. That's that's sort of the second best everywhere, and then matches second base at five point one, uh, WAR per one sixty-two. So the second baseman and third baseman, you kind of got to be a cut above the yeah. first baseman and shortstops. I I don't understand why that is. None of that sort of makes any sense to me um, intuitively. Yeah. The average second baseman, the personification of Mister Average at second base. A guy a lot of people did you're not talking about, You're talking about third base, right? Third base, excuse me. A guy a lot of people didn't want in. Scott Rowland? Scott Rowland. Yeah. He is basically dead on at, dead balls on average of the 17 Hall of Famers. Yeah. Um, you know, again, Mike Schmidt, actually, probably we were talking about, like, who stands out the most from, from sort of second best. Yeah. Mike Schmidt has a good argument. Mike you know, Schmidt he's was 10 more ahead of Eddie Matthews. He's... He's eight jaws ahead of Eddie Matthews. His war Ooh. seven, 58.8. So, wow. Andrew, I mean, you're talking about you're talking about eight and a half. You're talking about an eight and a half win season, which is yeah. MVP caliber, right? And he put up seven of them. You know, I mean, that's well, just, that's freaking awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, he was he was great defensively. Uh, 7.2 which, war per 162. And, I mean, this, and he this, was a guy that was probably even as he, I know he won a couple MVPs and was a perennial all star, but was probably underrated during his career because of how he, he didn't hit for high average necessarily. But he that's was right, big time on base guy, and and his defensive metrics are outstanding. But and, and he struck out sort of a lot for that time for period, that time. Right? It was not yeah. man. It was not manly to strike out a hundred times in a year, you know. And he struck out eighteen hundred and eighty three times in his career. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, so he averaged but, almost hundred. But I'd, I'd guess he had an on base percentage for his career around three ninety something like that. OPS plus of one forty eight. So, 148 yeah, I mean, for a career. Wow. At, uh, at, a, at a sort of a defensive position, right? 
I mean, third base is yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably median, right? Median as far so, as defense so versus offensive. Alex position. is not is not going to catch Mike Schmidt, but um, no. here's the thing: he's um, he's going to be entering his age thirty season. Uh, Another guy that really screwed up by going to college, man. We've got a lot of guys we've talked about that just really yeah. screwed themselves going to, going to school. You don't need it, kids. Go directly to the big leagues if you want to be a Hall of Famer someday. Because the, it's just that easy. Um, That's right. College so is a waste of time. Alex is, again, um, interesting career so far. You know, obviously he was a very high draft pick. He didn't need a lot of time in the minors because he did go to college. Uh, did debut at age 22. So, you know, he, he wasn't, he wasn't that delayed, right. Uh, beyond, beyond what, what, what you'd need. And I'd say Gabe, after the 2019 season, he looked like he was on track for, you know, Oh yeah. Yeah. After a a kind of Hall of Fame career, he had, um, his two best seasons in 2018 and 2019, a 7.9 win season in 18, followed with an 8.9 win season in 2019, where he probably should have been the MVP. I thought so too. I thought, I mean, they gave it to Trout because I think, you know, it used to be that guys would get an MVP and then stop getting them because of voter fatigue, like famously yeah. like Michael Jordan, but Barry Bonds in 1991, we talked about and some other stuff, right? Yeah. Um, I think they overcorrected and they, they said we're going to like sort of be snobbish and we're going to be like, of course it's Mike Trout. He's the best player in the game. So that's MVP. And honestly, I think in another era, it would have easily been Alex Bregman. I think I mean, in all fairness, you could have flipped a coin. Cause here's the thing. The Astros finished 25 wins ahead of, of, of the angels. And I know that MVP is not, all about team success, but damn it, it should matter some as like a tiebreaker. And I thought they were close enough that you could have called it in for a tiebreaker. It was, yeah, I, I want to say that was the season where Trout got hurt and didn't play a full year, but was on right. incredible pace. That's right. uh, it, it was dumb, but it doesn't matter. He, he finished fifth in MVP voting in 18 and second in 2019. Um, since then it's been it's been different 2020 i don't care about we're going to throw that out um but 2021 he was the only year he really struggled with injuries he only played 91 games that year uh it wasn't a disaster he still had 2.1 war in 91 games despite kind of being off a little bit and having you know playing through nagging injuries and that sort of stuff that year um bounced back mostly in 2022 so the last two seasons were pretty similar for him Four and a half wins uh, in 22 and 4.9 this past year, uh, which is good, right? So for his career, his it's good, not great. His war per 162 is 5.9. Uh, Gabe, that's that yep, is that's that's, that's strong. That's borderline. That's borderline great. Andrew, I'm <laughs> I'm going to ask you to do something that hopefully you can do, but maybe you can't. Give me Alex Bregman's three worst warriors because right now his war seven is basically equal to his war, right? Because he's only played yeah. seven full seasons. So give me his three worst seasons. Are we including like partial seasons? Not, and no, not 2020. Not, not 2020. Then his three worst are, I yep. mean, it, I guess 2021 again, that's only 91 games. Do you want to throw that one out? Yeah, no, 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 because that's going to count on the. You know what? Actually, give me 2020 and 2021 because those are going to be War 7 they're going to replace, right? I'm getting rid of his 
because yeah, he hasn't well, had a long we, enough career. So, I'm getting rid of his. Yeah, three we'll lows. throw out we throw out 2020 because that was 1.0, and his rookie year of 2016 was actually 1.4 in 40. That doesn't that doesn't count. That's not in the counting. Okay, so we throw throw out a 1.0. What was I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, Gabe. I was looking at his offensive WAR. Uh, he was actually had uh, you'd still throw out 2020, but he actually had two WAR in 2016. Okay, yep. All right, so two two WAR. Uh, and then, and then, twenty twenty one, he had two point one. So you would think over okay. the next two years, those two would get replaced. So uh, that's what I'm getting at. He's at thirty four point three right now on his WAR per seven. He's got to get up to like forty three. Okay, so he's got to get ten up there. So that means he's got a two point five, a two, and a two and a half or so. Yeah. You know, his three worst seasons sort of add up to to seven and a half. He's got to have three more seasons that, that add up to 17 and a half to get him home, right? So basically yeah. what I'm saying is Alex Bregman will be in the Hall of Fame if he has three more, you know, sort of seven-win seasons. Does that sound right to you, Andrew? I, I'm Wait. sorry, six-win seasons. Three more six-win seasons. I mean, I think he would need that, and then, he, like we talked about with Altuve, we would he would need to do some some compilation stuff, yep. right? Like he just be a, so. Let's say he needs to play yeah. till he's thirty seven or thirty eight, and have three more six one seasons. That seems reasonable, right? Yeah, I don't think that's beyond. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility, Gabe. I I know I keep saying it. Alex is a high floor guy. It's I've said it all season last year because he's gonna draw his walks. He's he's elite in that in that regard. And that's why I need him. That's why I need him to have at least a couple more six win seasons and another right. five one right because I, right. I need to see some higher end quality in there. I need to see because you know 2018 and 2019 were awesome. They're great. That that's exactly what a Hall of Fame career looks like in their best season, right? Yep. Yep. Um, for, for for the guys that are merely demigods, right? That's not. Willie Mays or Mike Trout's best season, or, or sure, sure, you know, sure. Uh, Mike Schmidt as a third baseman, but no. but that's what the best season for Derek Jeter or Craig the standard, or Ryan the standards, looks right? Like, right. Like we're t- we keep talking about the standard at at each position. That's kind of what we're talking about. Yes, that's that's what an average Hall of Fame third baseman looks like um, in their big seasons, right? And, and, yeah, and, and he's got to do that a little bit. So he's yeah, do that I, more. so so he needs to you know, keep putting up the strong on base percentages. That's going to help him a lot because that's going to boost his, his wins above replacement, his OPS plus, et cetera. Uh, His defense has graded out positively. So he's been, he's been plus value on defense uh, except a neutral season in 2022, but he bounced back with a plus one last year. So, so that's still strong for him. Um, Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I think he needs, Three more seasons where he's going to have to hit for a little bit more power than he has the last couple of years. But I mean, if he if he keeps pumping out twenty five home run seasons with three seventy ish on base percentages, ah, oh, Gabe, he's going to a good defense. I mean, that that's good that's defense. the recipe for a six war season, right? That we were talking. Yeah, about. yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty close. Um, again, he had the one season where he dealt with injuries in twenty twenty one. Other than that. 155 games, 157, 156, 155, 161. Like he's he plays every day, right? And that that makes a big difference too. Um, so I'd like to all, see him to, to your yeah. point about the home runs. I'd like to see him finish in the top sort of 20 of home runs for third baseman. And to do that, he's got to get, you know, to about 320. 
I was gonna say. Runs. I was gonna say three hundred and twenty home runs. He's one hundred thirty-five away from three hundred. So um, he's you at know, least another one hundred and fifty. I think at least yeah. another one hundred and fifty home runs. So that's you know six more years of twenty-five on average. So yeah, I mean. So his 30s need to be his 20s, and he's, he's in the thir- Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> if he plays till 38, he started at 22, right? Yeah. If he has two more of those, like, big seasons, and then he does about what he did in his 20s and his 30s, he's a Hall of Famer. Like, Hall of Fame careers are made in their 30s. In their 30s. Alex I was going to say. is absolutely on sort of pace, but there's a ton of guys that are on pace and just don't get there, right? I mean, sort he, sort of, of, he sort of personifies that kind of notion or that sentiment that that hall of famers are made in their 30s right you you want to because your absolute peak is best at 27 um and you're sort of your your real prime is through at 30 or 31 you know you really you need to be ahead of the game when when you talk about like your 30s matching your 20s and he's not ahead of the game he's like right on the game right now what gabe is your uh Give me your percentage likelihood of Alex um, in the Hall of Fame. Or am I supposed to do that? 30 or 35% for me. Yeah, I think that sounds right. I was going to say one in three. So 33%. Yeah, I uh, literally and, split right in the middle of my. I, I think he's, yeah, I, I think he's a one, thir- one, one in three chance, uh, which isn't isn't bad. That's, that's good, man. Like we just said, you know, like you can fill up, you know, the Hall of Famers could all sit in the Diamond Club and have seats left yeah. over, right? I mean, yeah. you know. <laughs> Hey, one in three is really good, man. I mean, he's, if, if he's halfway, years through, old. halfway through his career and we, we think he's got a one in three shot, that's that's pretty good. And, and um, if, if the second half of his career matches the first half of his career, then it's like 100% that he's going to be yeah. in the Hall of Fame, right? I, I yeah. just I, yeah. I think that's going to be a hard – that's a tough ask. Yeah, it is. That's, that's not going to be easy. But, um, yeah, that would put him right around that Scott Rowland kind of, kind of totals. Um, Average Hall of Famer, right? third yep. base, right? Yep. All right, Gabe, let's move on to the outfield. So a little peek behind the curtain, guys. We have had much, much better numbers than we were expecting during the offseason. Thank you guys all for tuning in and listening. It's been very gratifying, with the exception of the Hall of Fame. So what did we decide to do? We said <laughs> we're going to double down and do more Hall of Fame. because Another Hall Andrew of Fame. Andrew and I love the Hall of Fame, even if y'all don't. So we're really like having to put a straight jacket and muzzle on us because apparently we could do 10 or 15 hours of Hall of Fame content this day. <laughs> we could. Season, Andrew, and no one asked for that. <laughs> None of our listeners are asking does. for that. All right. So this is, so we're going to speed it up. Right. Um, yep. And I think, I think that we've, we've kind of already covered maybe the most interesting guys, but um, uh, let's start with Jordan Alvarez game. Um, so here, I'll just give you the sort of standards for the outfielders. I'm going to yeah. lump them and mush them all in one. Yeah, about yeah. 68 or 69 WAR. Yeah, a Jaws of right around 56, probably on average, and yeah. sort of an average WAR per 162 of like 5.1, 5.2. Yeah, uh, got it. So Jordan will be. Um, uh, 26 this season, right? I think he, I think his birthday is kind of middle of the season, but he starts, starts 2024 at age 26. Uh, 18.2 war entering the season, Gabe. So Jordan's an interesting one, uh, obviously because of the fact that he's mostly a DH, he's going to have negative defensive value. That's going to bring his war down. It's going to suppress 
his wins above replacement totals. Now that said, he has a career OPS plus so far game of 165, and that is clear Hall of Fame. You know, that's that's elite. Uh, you know, stupid. even amongst yeah. Hall of Famers, right? That's uh, that's as good as it gets. And it's not like he's got one or two strong seasons pulling that OPS plus up. That's just kind of what he does. 173 as a rookie, 153, 188, 170. I mean, it's just kind of who he is, who he's been so far as an offensive player. Uh, and, and there is precedent here with like David Ortiz, I guess, would be the first guy I'd think of that was primarily a DH uh, who is in the Hall of Fame? I don't. I don't have it in front of me. I don't think he had real high WAR totals. I want to say he was like in the fifties, but um, but again, and he was a freaking steroid user. Well, I know. Caught. I, know. I, I mean, and, and, and he, he had got the, laid in on his first ballot because people love Big Poppy, and he played for Boston. And he had some postseason numbers, and yeah, yeah, and but but my my that's all true. The point I was making was that by OPS plus and those kinds of rate and just offensive stats. Um, he was, you know, he, he, he grayed out really well. Um, so Jordan, that's going to be his path, right? Like if he, if he can get in, um, so, so far, you know, 129 home runs for his career. Uh, that's not, that's, that's good. Uh, you know, it, the problem is, he didn't he didn't start out super young. I guess he was 22 as a rookie. The the main problem was 2020 was a lost year. Um and has missed some time, right? Um only played 135 games in 2022, only played 114 games last year. For a guy in his mid-20s that's missed as much time as with injury as he has, that makes me a little concerned, Gabe. We talked about it off air. Yep. He's Lance Berkman. Yeah, I, I, I think that is when it's all said and done. I think that's about where his career numbers are gonna are gonna be. And Lance, it infuriates me that he wasn't uh, given a long time on the ballot and a ton of uh, and a ton of consideration. One and done on the ballot was just a, a travesty and a crime. It was awful. Um, and I think Jordan will get more than that. Lance also had some big Hall of Fame, uh, had some big postseason moments, right? Lance was the first Astro to really perform in the postseason, yeah. um, and then he also had some good stuff with the Cardinals and stuff like that, and won a ring. And and you know Jordan has got some of that same stuff going. Um, he's just with with being a DH, he just he needs to stay healthy, Andrew. If he stays healthy, yeah. he's a Hall of Famer, and if he doesn't, he's not. Yeah, because again, the DH is going to suppress his war totals a little bit, so he's going to need some counting stats. What did Big Pop did Big Poppy had five hundred homers, right? Yeah, yep. Um, so he's going to need that. You got to stay healthy to hit five hundred home runs, right? I mean, the, yeah, you you just do. There's that's just the math. Um, and he needs to be up in the forty. He still doesn't have a forty home run season, Gabe. Um. No, and he should have had a couple by now. He should have had a couple if he had just was able to play 150 games. Uh, he 135 games. I mean, if he can play 135 games in his prime, he'll hit 40 home runs. Sure. Um, so given what he's done in the four, we'll call it four full seasons that – mostly full seasons that he's he's been available um, so far, it, he – 
you know, if he does that 10 more times, he's probably in, right? <laughs> right. If you if you just look at the numbers, but I don't um, even know that he needs to do it 10 more times, maybe seven or eight more times. Well, 10 more times and he's a lock. Yeah, seven or eight yeah, more times yeah, he's yeah. in the conversation. But again, that's a that's a that's a tall ask, and you would really like His to race see race stats are gonna be so damn good, man. And if we're like I said, we we believe that we'll get into more rate than counting because no one has the counting. You know, this this season is the first year since 1970 mm-hmm. that we've had no one with 500 home runs, 300 wins, or some other big statistical milestone, right? Yeah. And it's not just that it's a season. It's that won't happen again for a lot of seasons, Andrew. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's like at least three years away from anyone hitting it in those milestones. So it's just, it, it, it's different now, man. It's different. It is. It is. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I think, you know, here's the thing with Jordan. Like, would it surprise you at all? Gabe, if he if he had a 185 OPS plus this year and hit 50 home runs, no, no, no not it's not completely least, not within the realm that. of of what's possible with him. Uh, if he has two or three years like that, because remember again, if you want to go back to David Ortiz, I think he had, I know he had at least one season with 50 homers. Uh, again, that was a, a bigger offense era. Uh, but but still, if, if Jordan has one or two years like that, then yeah, you're looking at seven or eight more healthy seasons. If he's got a couple of those mixed in, where he's, uh, you know, if, if he has an OPS plus over 150 or 160 for his career at that point, I mean, just light light some more teams on fire in the postseason. Right. We he's, think, we think he's probably in. Yeah. Um. What what do you got for uh for odds on I, um on Jordan? 20 percent and that's the reason exactly, for that, it's exactly my number gabe it's literally he's 26 and he's had two two surgeries on his knee he's had surgery on yep. both knees he's i just a, I, he's that a big does dude not, and he's he just you kind of you kind of tense up every time you see him run right <laughs> like that's right just, now, now if you told me that he had if you told me that he played in another 1500 games in his career sure. i up that from 20 percent to 80 percent, right yep. and, and 1500 more games is not like some sort of huge, unreasonable ask, right? No, I mean, no. You know, uh, let me tell you who played in fifteen hundred games in the outfield that you might like. You know, I Giancarlo, Giancarlo Stanton. You know, so I mean, yeah. if if he plays in as many games as, well, I guess he's already. You know, I guess we got to look at people about nineteen hundred games, right? Um, because he's already pe- played in like four hundred. You know, I mean, Matt Stairs played in 1,900 games. Can you just can we just get Jordan Jordan Alvarez <laughs> to play as many games as Matt Stairs? Matt he's Stairs. a he's yeah. a no doubt Hall of Famer, I think. Right? Yeah. Um, Gabe, uh, another guy that's in a similar place as Kyle Tucker. Kyle oh, hold Tucker, on, hold on. you're hold not on. done can with. I do two, can I do two minutes on George Springer? Former Astro George Springer. Uh, I thought we were going to circle back to George Springer. Oh, sorry, sorry. I was going to. I was going from left field to center field, and then and then right field. Yeah, uh, well, we well, do Tucker I, now. Or I thought. Springer. I thought we go. I thought we go uh, current Astros, and then okay. and then Fair catch uh, right. catch Springer on the on the way back. Okay. So Kyle Tucker uh, is entering his age twenty seven season, Gabe, which is a little surprising. But if if you were too Gabe, old, he was not a college guy, but it took him a few years. I think he was in Triple A two or three seasons. 
Uh, and then he did a little up and down, right? I mean, he yeah. came up and he was sort of bad, but we don't know that he was actually bad versus just sort of hitting into some bad luck. And yeah, he didn't he didn't have a ton of opportunity, and those were really good teams that you weren't just going to give away at bats on. But um, but uh, so also right around eighteen WAR, like I think I think we said Jordan was also, um. So coming into the season again, he's going to be age 27. He's at 5.3 war per 162, but that's trending upward. Again, he he had the slow start, but the last three seasons, Gabe, 5.7, 5.3, 5.4 are his win, his war total. So a lot of consistency. Um, If you keep racking up five win seasons, Gabe, um, that puts you in that you're, puts you in a you're good, in the hall a of good place. Good. Well, yeah, it depends how many it depends how many you get. <laughs> you, you, you better put up more than seven of them. You better put up like fifteen of them. Yeah, yeah. you you need a bunch. Um, that, that's but, what you got to do. Dude, if, that's actually a good way to conceptualize it, right? Yeah. If you want to go ahead and be a metronome at five win seasons for for whatever, then you better put up fifteen of them. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And if. If you want to get to the Hall of Fame, I'd say and 12, that's just not. That's 12, just not but... I mean, I don't know. The average outfielder has 70 war, Andrew. And I know, got but a, 12, got five, a... 12 5 win seasons and a handful of twos and threes. And so here, here's the problem with that the, the war seven for the average outfielder yeah. is like 42. Yeah. Or 43, right? Sure. So at 35, you're way short on the war. War seven, and you're way short yeah. on the jaws. Yeah, I'm right? not saying I'm not saying that gets you in. I'm saying that gets you in the conversation and and yes, the real I, candidate. But I, I I think that basically what Kyle Tucker needs to do to make the Hall of Fame is I need I think he needs to have he's 27 right now, right? That's the actual yeah. a, absolute apex. Yeah, he needs to have that MVP season we talked about. Like maybe he might have. Yep. He needs to have an eight war season or a nine war season, and then he needs to have a couple more seven war type seasons, and then so like twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, he needs to go like eight, eight and six or something like that. Yeah, which would be very nice for the last uh, for the last bit of arbitration for Kyle Tucker for the Astros, right? Yeah, um, it would. You know, eight sixteen and six would be twenty uh, twenty four if those three years that he did that, right? Something, I'm sorry, 22, something like that mm-hmm. to go along with right now. His other four seasons add up to, you know, 18, call it fives along the way, you know, so that'd be 20 and then 22, that'd be 42. That would put him right there. Right. So he, he's got to go eight, eight, six, and then he's got to, you know, knock out another five, six, seven, five, one seasons above and beyond that. Yeah. And you know what? I think that the dude can knock out five. Or, I, I think that dude can knock out five win seasons from his age thirty to his thirty five. I, I don't think that's. Yeah. I mean, maybe you don't want to bet on that, but I, but I would sort I of be think more likely than not, maybe that that even happens. Yeah. It's I don't know that he actually has that eight eight six season in him. That that eight eight six next three years in his absolute prime in his apex. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be stunned if it happened, right? But um, I wouldn't expect it either. Um, we haven't we haven't seen it, and usually, like you know, if a dog's going to bite, he'll bite as a pup, is the saying, right? I mean, he hasn't had that season yet where you just hang your hat on. No, and it's but 
but there is something to be said for like again three full seasons he's been his worst performance was 5.3 war right so but we're not talking about that like we're talking about ceiling now he hasn't hit a six war season yet i mean he's 27 and hasn't had a a six war season i think the the amount of hall of famers who can say that and then ended up getting a hall of famer probably very very few i would guess i think very very few i guess that's right so um what are you thinking here i i I have a number in mind for for Tucker based on all. You that. go first. We keep you keep coming in after me, <laughs> like you're copying me. I, I go think ahead, you I, go first. Twelve and a half percent. Oh, you son of a bitch! I had ten. <laughs> I'm giving him a one in eight chance. Um, I got a one in ten chance. I mean, yeah, I. I it's I, I, same I, same, I right? Th- I don't think it's likely, but uh, but you if you squint, you can you can see a path. All right. Let's get to George Springer, Gabe, because I know I'll, I'll that you two, wanted to. I'll do two minutes on George Springer, okay? Yeah. He's got 5.1 war per 162 in his career. The yeah. average outfielder has 5.1 war per 162 in his career. Wow. George Springer, how old is he? George Springer is uh, 34. All he's got to do is have his age 34 through 42 seasons match his age 26 to 34 seasons, Andrew. Do you know how many people in the history of baseball have done that? Not many. Probably like two: Barry Bonds and uh, <laughs> and maybe Hank Aaron. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean so, it, it, it's a shame because he just George, came up too late. He just he came up too late. Another college ready, guy, college guy, yeah. and not even yeah. just college guy, but also spent a long time in the minors, and then maybe he got a little jerked around by the Astros on his uh, he was, service time clock, and then also injured, and then also has not had that huge season that we thought he would have. Like, I really thought. Clearly not ever going to happen, right? He's 34. He give, that dream has died. I really right? thought I, I would have sworn to it after you know his first couple of years that he was going to win an MVP award. I I think I kept saying it like one of these seasons because you remember how you know white hot he could get at times and it could last a while, right? And hey, that that dude could carry you in the playoffs. Here, here's you know yeah. we'll say something some good stuff for Springer. He is at um, number sixty eight in all time WAR for right fielders. They're calling him a right fielder. Mm-hmm. You know he can he can get with six more war or two more war he'll catch up with Harold Baines Hall of Famer Harold <laughs> Baines just so awful you know all the other yeah. Hall of Famers that are at the bottom all played in like the eighteen hundreds or the nineteen hundreds or hell maybe the Negro Leagues and with a little bit of whatever I mean to you know Springer would need another thirty war to be even realistic right so yeah. at five war is about the most you know he's only got he's got to play. Six more years at the same level he's been playing so far, which gets to exactly what I was saying. He needs to 34 to 42. It has to be the same in his career as 26 to 34, which is not going to happen. But I, I think, you know, how many more do you think he can get in the tail end of his career? You think he can get to like 45 or 50? Uh, he's entering the season at 36. Oh, 14 more is going to be tough, Gabe. He's, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, he had four in 2022 and then two last year. Um, I, I think I think he's probably a three-win guy for the next couple of years and then two-win after that. I, it's going to be tough, I think, for him to get the 50. So I'll bet you he ends up plus or minus within two war of J.D. Drew. 
who had 44.9 war. That sounds about right. And is the number 37 best right fielder of all time. So, you know, basically Springer's going to end his career right now by war. He's number 68. He's going to end his career probably in the top 50 all-time baseball players in right field. That's pretty dang good, man. That's pretty dang good. He should be proud of that career. You know what sucks? Yeah, that, that's a wonderful career. We, right? we, we, it absolutely is. First of all, um, like we said with Correa, I think Springer may have been having that MVP year in 2019 before he got hurt. He finished with a 150 OPS plus, but only played 122 games. Had 39 homers in 122 games. Finished seventh in MVP voting in 122 games. Um, so 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 he he missed time that year and then his first year in Toronto in 21 only played 78 games still hit 22 homers uh had a 141 OPS plus so he had two of his kind of prime seasons I think that would have been big and then of course it sandwiched in between those was the stupid COVID, COVID year. so yeah so he kind of had those three between those three years uh he missed a lot of a lot of numbers probably missed out on at least three or four wins there I would say so um anyway and uh, i i yeah. think we get i think we need to call an audible here man i want to talk a little bit about abreu and i've got another hour and a half of talking in me about <laughs> hall of fame because we haven't even talked to the pitchers and we, we said half of, pitchers, pitchers. half of it's uh, hitters i think we need to give people what they really are not asking for and that's week three <laughs> of the hall of fame and we'll talk pitchers i mean it's the off season what else are we gonna do i don't know um, that sounds I, good to me i, I want to talk about i want to talk about the pitchers i i I think it's cool. I yeah, I like the Hall of Fame. I'm a big dork. So let's finish up with let's a brand new. We'll say with... we covered the the you know half the Hall of Famers are in the in the field and half the Hall of Famers are pitchers, right? So so sure. we're coming up at the halfway point. Abreu, the average first baseman, oh, uh, sixty four point eight. It's actually the easiest position to make it by WAR in um in in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Uh, Infield, anyway, other than catcher, okay? 64.8, 42 uh, war seven. So, again, that's a six-win season on average and 53.4 jaws. You know, it's it's less than all of them except for catcher, right? Mm-hmm. Easier to make it first base. Now, a little bit of that is a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because first base is not a defensive position. So, war sort of, like, does not allow for – really high totals for a first baseman in some way, right? Correct. Um, so you've got that going on. The average Hall of Famer, the guy that looks the most like an average Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. is not in the Hall of Fame. Paul Goldschmidt. Okay. As in one above average on the Hall of Famer. The guy that's sort of one below the average of 25 Hall of Famers in the position, also not a Hall of Famer, Mark McGuire. Oh, um, big Mac. He, I think there's... No one has any doubt that McGuire would be a Hall of Famer. There'd be a lot of people that didn't like it, right? But if it weren't for steroids, there, you know, I don't think anyone really disputes that McGuire is going to be yeah. a Hall of Famer. Do you? No, he'd be easily in. Um, I, you know, there's a lot that people would ding him on, um, and I don't. Yeah, he's a first ballot guy, but I don't think he's like a 95 percent first ballot. No, guy he's a like 500 home run guy with a. I guess a career on base around 380. Who do you think the best player at first base, not in the Hall of Fame, is that's not related to steroids and not like an active player? 
the best first baseman not in the Hall of Fame who's not active and not and not steroid not guy. Steroid guy. Um, hmm. I I don't know, Gabe. One of them you love, and one of them is on a show that you love. Back to back, the the top two guys that are that are in that category. Uh, Does that help you out any? No, not really. Keith Hernandez of Seinfeld fame okay, is okay. number one non-Hall of Famer. Yeah, okay. And number two, John Allred. John Allred, I how did I not think of that? By war total, okay. He's it, number it's twenty-two. Late, it's late, Gabe. Yeah, I love John Allred. Um, and I'm Keith Hernandez. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You, you know what? Why both of them are not in the Hall of Fame? Because but they they're didn't hit a, very they, high on them. They did war. not hit a lot of home runs. Keith Hernandez, defensive war of 1.3. That doesn't sound very good, but Harmon Killebrew is right next to him in the war with negative 18.7. <laughs> yeah. John Olbrew, negative 1.4. Yeah. Also doesn't sound great, but again, that means he was a good first. Right? That means he was that, a good first baseman. <laughs> he was an excellent first baseman, right? Because you just see Garrick, negative nine, Pujols, negative four, Cap Anson had five. And Roger Connor had five six point three, and these are sort of like self fulfilling prophecies, right? These are guys yeah. high up on the on the chart. Jeff Bagwell, we talk yeah. all about uh, all the time about how Jeff Bagwell is a you know perfect baseball player. He had negative seven point two defensive WAR, and then it didn't get any better than than that. And Bagwell was number six. It was awful how long he had to wait to get in the hall. Six most WAR, and he had to wait as long as he did. And then, uh, stupid. I sometimes I hate the Hall of Fame. Okay, I mean I right, love it, but sometimes I hate it. Let's pull so, it back to Jose Abreu uh, so because this I, is why I was talking about the sort of best players that are not in, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Jose Abreu started. He he's number seventy five in WAR right now, Andrew, all time okay. first baseman at thirty two WAR. Okay. Okay. He had zero, but we think he was hurt. I think he's going to end up maybe somewhere around 35, 36, 37 war. Maybe if he gets really, really, really good into his career, he gets up to like Steve Garvey level at 50. You know, he's number 53 at 38 war. Okay. So that would be another six war. Could you squint and see Jose Abreu getting six more war? Six. Yep. He's 37, actually 37 years old today, Gabe. Today is yep. Jose Abreu. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jose. Uh, I mean, sure. Yeah, I'd have to squint really hard. I, I, Not real I, likely, but it, look, if he ended the year, if, if he played two more years, if he plays out the Astros contract that he has with the same thing after he got back from the injured list, he'd have three war both those seasons. Now, is that was it all injury? Um, and you got regular decline related, probably not going to happen. But really, his chance to get six is to go like two and a half, two, one, and, yeah. one and a half a war. In fairness, Play another four years, he right? Did he did have four point two in twenty twenty two? So that's right. So I, you know, so let's say he gets there, right? He he's at thirty six, thirty eight war. Yeah. He'll have more war than a couple of guys that you've never heard of that were Hall of Famers. He'd have more war than like. Five Hall of Famers, okay? Yeah. Um, here's the argument for him. He's baseball royalty in Cuba. Mm-hmm. He had a great career down there, and he didn't start Andrew until he was 27 years old. Yep. This guy is a surefire Hall of Famer. 
I think if he's an American, born an American, he starts at 21 or 22. But right? he didn't. But he didn't. But I mean, are are we really gonna are we I mean, I know Sonahara O isn't in there, and I know Ichiro got to three thousand. I think we're getting to a world where you know, some of these foreign born players that had some other stuff going on, I think are going to get serious consideration for the hall of fame. And I think to just say that like, Hey, you started that way in your career. I, I think there's going to be a lot of people argue for him. And then I think the question becomes, does it take on a life of its own? Right? Like sort of, uh, the way, um, the way, uh, Tim Raines did. Right. Yeah. I mean, Tim Raines started out down at like 15 or 20 percent. Right. And people kept arguing and chipping away. And then the narrative created and sort of we changed how we think about Hall of Famers a little bit. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, Abreu has some really good stuff going for him. Um, he's got an MVP. He's got a bunch of silver sluggers. He's got a bunch of all stars. Well respected, sort of a pioneer um, in the Cuban thing as, you know, one of the first sort of big name. Cubans um, to come over and play um, as we sort of saw a little bit of easing, easing of the tensions. I, I can imagine a world, Andrew, if he has a good, you know, a good finish to his Astros career and then hangs around another couple of years and gets up to like about number 50 overall where people say, Hey, we didn't even see the best of Jose Abreu. And what we saw was, was a Hall of Fame career in his 30s. If Hall of Famers are made in the, their <laughs> 30s, right? Jose Abreu had a Hall of Fame 30s, without a doubt, right? And so you say, uh, why didn't he have his 20s? Because he was because he was born somewhere else. I mean, you look at his counting stats, Andrew. Those are almost all put up in his 30s, man. Well, uh, I mean, his best season was his rookie year. In in 2014 when he was 27 but i get what you're saying um i you know i i i don't i don't see it um i don't i, I just don't see that happening. it would have to take on a life it would have to it be would good, it, it would, would have to be a good two seasons with the astros and then another couple of years and i the guy seems to love play Everyone's going to talk about what a great guy he was in the clubhouse, how well-respected he was. He posted every day. You know, he gets 15 or 20% in year one, and then the groundswell starts to happen. And people start to, like, the narrative takes on a life of its own. Like, hey, we don't. do you realize we don't have any Cuban players? This is, this is a country <laughs> well, that we no, know is great at baseball, right? Um, Mini Minoso, right? I mean, from the post, post-revolutionary sure. Cuban okay. players, right? Um, th that's his argument to get in. I'll put that argument at 8%. I'll put that argument at better than Yiner Diaz and worse than <laughs> Kyle Tucker. That's where he slots on his likelihood. What do you, what do you got? What kind of percentage? I'm putting it at a, I, I was going to say three, but if I give Yiner five, I can't, I, I can't say that that he's more likely <laughs> than Jose Abreu. Well, in, in some ways, fame, in so. some ways you can, because the haze in the barn for Yiner. Yeah. I mean, the haze in the barn for right. Abreu, whereas right. you're dreaming on Yiner, right? So yeah. I, what, I, what you're basically, what your percentage is, is you're guessing on the plausibility of what I, of what I said. Of what you just past, said. Right. 
Um, you know? Because that's I, the that's what it looks like. That's how he gets in the hall. That's what it would look. I like. don't see it. I, I'm, I'm sticking with three percent, three percent, because he's not going to have the he's not going to have the numbers by normal standards when it's all said and done. No, not even not even close. Not even close. He didn't start his because he didn't start his career until 27. And I don't know how much people will consider how how much voters will consider that. I'm not saying uh, that they should or shouldn't. I'm saying I don't know how much they will. I'm sort of dubious that that they will. But and you uh, also have to you also have to realize that this stuff you you have to recognize that all these conversations we're having happen somewhere between ten and thirty years in the future. Yeah, it's down the road. It's right. I mean, you, you could be talking about Yainer's case getting argued out thirty years from now, right? Because. Let's say he plays another twelve years or fifteen years, and then five year waiting period, and then you're on the ballot for ten years, right? Yep. If if you keep not getting in and you keep not getting kicked off, I mean, we could be talking about Yainer Diaz when we're seventy five years old, whether or not he's going to get in the hall. You think we'll still have breathing orange fire podcast, Andrew? I don't see why not. <laughs> there you go. Thirty years from now, I'm going to be pounding the table for Yainer Diaz, and we're going to be talking about could like. Abreu be put in by some sort of veterans committee. I mean, if Harold Baines can make it, yeah. Well, that's probably that's that's probably Abreu's best shot, right? Um, all right, Gabe. I think we've exhausted this uh, and ourselves for the evening, but I do look forward to having a similar conversation with pitchers um, during the off season. So but, we uh, might be able to actually keep that to an hour since we only have five. Yeah, there aren't there aren't going to be as many to talk about. There aren't going to be as many. So so I think I think we could do an hour on that. But and, uh, Andrew, you know what my takeaway is? You know, it's pretty cool. Tell me. I, and if you would have told twenty, if you would have told twenty year old Andrew this, he probably wouldn't have believed it. <laughs> we just went around the diamond and had an Astro player at every single position that's active right now. That we could actually have a Hall of Fame conversation about. It has a we think has a non-zero chance of getting into the Hall of Fame. Well, and a couple of them you had to cheat. I mean, because you know uh, Carlos Correa and at shortstop. Yeah. yeah. And um, actually, we don't have a center fielder. We we talked about George Springer, but it was well, I think we know, both zero it. on that, right? I mean, I think he's the closest to zero that of any of the guys we discussed, right? Jeremy Pena. I don't. I guess I don't want to give him a better shot. You can at shot. least dream on that, right? Like, like we talked about with like, Yainer, yeah. you can at least dream right. on that, right? Right. Um, but you know, you think about all those years when we were growing up, right? Oh, that yeah. you had, you know, you had people calling in the radio station, going, "Is Glenn Davis going to get in the Hall of Fame?" You know, after he hit twenty-eight home runs in the <laughs> Astrodome, and everyone was like, "Oh, the big bopper." And, and he it was, was just like, no, good. just stop. Just stop. No, 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 I no. I mean, like, look, Gabe, if Glenn Davis had had like nine more seasons like he had between 86 and 89. Yeah. I mean, so that, <laughs> you know, you just get into, you just get into absurdity, right? I mean, so would, you know, even 20 year old me, you know, when Bagwell and Biggio were, the only Hall of Famers that were ever really like Astros. I mean, yeah. I, you know, Nolan yeah. Ryan and Joe Morgan and all that. But, you know, you're talking about six or seven years and 20-year careers, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. The Astros don't own those guys. They're they're very sort of important parts of their career as Astros. But, you sure. know, they're, 
they're not you known know, necessarily as there was no one, right? I mean, there was just no, no one. It was I mean, not even Bagwell were the guys. Not even anyone hardly passing through that got a cup of coffee that you're like, oh, they're going to, with the Astros, that you're like, oh, they're going to be in the ballot and they're going to be talked about. And there's a chance. I mean, and now you're literally talking about there's 10 guys in the, um, in the majors when, when we finished with our pitchers and stuff like that. There's 10 or 12 guys right now in the majors that yeah. spent a significant amount of time with the Astros that we think have at least a, tw- what did we give Bregman? A 33%. Oh, Jordan. Jordan at 20% was sort of the least amount that we gave a plausible to. But, you know, you got four or five pitchers, and then let's go with the 20% higher. Jordan is one. Bregman is two. Correa is three. Altuve Altuve is four. And then you got, like, five pitchers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about nine or ten guys active right now that have at least a, you know, one in five chance. Of being in the Hall of Fame, we just said that's pretty remarkable. It is. It just tells you again. It's just another way of looking at just how good this golden era of Astros baseball has been. It's been it's been great. It's the only reason we're able to do a whole hour and forty minute episode on this, uh, and and then still have another hour left, <laughs> so and still have an hour left. Pictures to talk to about the pictures, right? That's right. Uh, yeah, no, it's fun. Um, all right, Gabe, uh, we're going to wrap it up. I, I appreciate the conversation. Um, and I look forward to continuing it with the, uh, with the Astros pitchers. We're we're just going to give, we're just going to give the listeners everything they don't want. And we're everything just going to see if we can't want. antagonize them. Like there's, there's probably some people that listen to us that are also Hall of Fame dorks. And there's this, gotta be. This one's for you guys. This yeah, one's for you. This is for the hardcores. All right. Either that or we'll just indulge ourselves. Which, you know, you could make an argument, Gabe. <laughs> I mean, we've had 40, 47 of these. We've had very few of them that were just for us. We had the, you know, mm. we had the, the, Come up with a crazy off season, and now oh, apparently yeah. the Hall of Fame. Those Hall are of Fame. those are the stuff that was just for us. Well, we'll see. Um, all right, I look forward already to our next Hall of Fame discussion next week, Gabe. All right, buddy. Peace. Peace.